Welcome. My name is Pastor Bruce, and uh, we should actually welcome, I just noticed as I look across who's all here this morning, we have to welcome a new couple here today, uh, Matt and Ashley. Um, congratulations. They got married last weekend, so we just wanted to recognize them this morning, and uh, so glad to celebrate with them. So, a couple other things, one other thing I want to do was, um, reminded me, and someone mentioned to me this week, is election is coming up soon, and we have the Canadian flag here, and we don't pray for our country enough, and so I'd like to just lead us in that this morning, and pray for God's will to be done in our election. Um, we live in a time of political turmoil and everything, and so it's important that we um, not become pessimistic and just go, oh well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen but actually take action and pray and ask God for him to do his work. And then when the election actually results come, support the election results, whatever may come. (laughs) Sometimes that's a little harder. It's a real test of our patience and our faith. But there's lots of the world where they don't have an opportunity to pray or opportunity to have a say in their country, and their country never goes the way they would like it to go. And uh, oftentimes persecuting Christians and so on. So let's let's take a moment, and uh, maybe there's somebody here, one or two of you, that would like to stand and pray for uh, our country and for the election, and uh, not for their particular party that you want to wave the banner for, but just pray that God would see His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So maybe there's one or two of you that feel that that's something on your heart that you'd like to pray for this morning. Amen. Have your way, Jesus, in our country. One of the things we've talked about last week, we started, I forgot to mention that we started a new series called Grow. And it's kind of focused around the fact that the idea behind it is, I saw the Lord and God calls us to grow. Last week we talked about the whole aspect of, of I saw the Lord and how we actually encountered God, how Isaiah encountered God in Isaiah chapter 6 and how that changed his life forever. And and those are great things we can always talk about. You know, when we start talking about Jesus' love for us and uh, how much God loves us, and we love that, love that, that God loves us. And, you know, we love you. I love you. My wife, Banj, and I love you And as a church. And we're just so glad to be a part of this church in so many ways. And everyone likes it when we talk about that. However, you probably knew there was a but coming. But however, there's some things that we talk about that sometimes makes us feel uncomfortable. For example, uh, we talk about money. Whoa, don't talk about money in the church. That's getting too close to home. Giving to God, well, that's a personal thing, right? 
Another area that makes people feel uncomfortable is when you start talking about your relationship with other people. That sometimes makes us feel uncomfortable because all of a sudden, it's okay that I have this great relationship with God and that God loves me, but there's some people that I don't like and I don't get along with and I, I, I've been hurt too many times and so we put up walls. And those are some of the challenges that keep us from really growing and experiencing all that God is and growing into the kind of person that God wants us to be. That's the amazing thing about it is on our, on our opening sign there, it says, Linden Alliance Church, love God and love people. So loving God, oh, we like that part. But loving people, eh, sometimes it gets a little uncomfortable and we don't know exactly what to do with all of that. Last Sunday, I talked about a sliver in my thumb. You remember some of you were here? Somebody mentioned about that afterwards. And the funny thing was, um, I, I told you that I had picked it and got it all out. And then I, and I, and I of course, again, a week or so ago, I, I thought, no, no, there's something still there. Because every time I, just not all the time, but every time I just bump it, it would feel like there was something there. Guess what? Yesterday, I noticed again. I'm going, there's something still there. And I'm going, that's crazy. I'm looking at it and I can't see it. This morning I looked at it and I'm going, ah, I can finally see it. And so I had to dig out the pin and dig it out again. Sometimes in our lives that's what happens with us is sometimes there's there's sore points in our life and we think, oh, got that. It's all fixed. Everything's good. And then we're going along and all of a sudden we bump into somebody or bump into something and all of a sudden we go, ooh, that kind of hurts. And we, you know, we think, okay, God, let me go through the whole thing. God, we think, okay, I'm not good now. And then all of a sudden, it may go for a little while longer, and then all of a sudden we're going, ooh, there's still a sore point there. Still a very, very sore point. And God wants us to, 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 to go deeper with him, and some of that going deeper with him means we have to go deeper with people around us. And we have to we have to engage them in relationship. We have to we have to go deeper in a way that um, we just have not experienced before. A couple of weeks ago, I was in my quiet time. I was spending some time with God, and and as I was talking and kind of thinking about this this uh, sermon, because it was kind of on my on my mind that I needed to preach on, there was a phrase that God kind of gave me, and I've been doing lots of thinking about it since then. And it's this phrase here, very simply this. This is how many people in our world, not everybody, but many people in our world live by this motto. I don't need anyone until I need someone. I don't need anyone until I need someone. Like, hey, I'm good. I don't need anybody. We're good. I'm good. I don't, I don't need anybody until I need somebody. And, and it's a phrase that I thought about a lot because I think... Well, let me back up. There's a, a friend of mine. His name's Andrew. And uh, he, he's, um, he's an introvert. And uh, he, he's told me one time when we were having a conversation, he says, you know, I would be extremely happy if you gave me a pile of great books to read and put me in solitary confinement. He says, that, that would be awesome. I'd just love that. That would just be absolutely amazing. You see, he kind of said that kind of tongue-in-cheek. 
because he kind of, I understood that thing that, you know, I don't really need anyone until I need someone. But you know, Andrew is married and he's got three kids. And the, and the last two kids are twins. Now, you know about twins because twins, that's another whole, another whole adventure rather than just having three kids, having a set of twins that the two kids at the same time that are babies and diapers and all that kind of stuff. He just multiplies everything by, I don't know, tenfold. But, but that's how it, it's just an incredible adventure. But so, as much as he is an introvert and would love to have a stack of books sitting in ink solitary confinement, he knew that he had to live beyond that. And so him and his wife, they had a great life together. And he's an incredible sharp guy, way smarter than I am when it comes to intellectual knowledge and, and giftedness, amazing guy when it comes to God and stuff like that. But again, one of those things is he understood a certain sense that I don't need anybody until I need somebody, but he also realized that there's times when we do need somebody, and that's what we want to talk about this morning, is this need for people in our lives and going deeper with people in our lives. The Bible talks lots about this whole thing of loving God and loving people. It, it's, it's, and loving people is a big part of discovering what it means to love God. If we look at the book of 1 John, chapter 1, John has some very pointed words for us about what does it mean to not only love God, but to love people and how the two are connected. 1 John chapter 1, verse beginning in verse 5, this is what John says. He says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. We love that. That's great. God is perfect. God is good. God is kind. God shines his light on our life. He knows everything about our lives and so on. Verse 6 goes, If we claim to have fellowship with him, that is God, yet walk in, in, walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. We say we love God, but in relationships, there's a disconnect. Or there's a disconnect in our way, in our obedience to God. Then God's, you know, God, John's saying here, wait, there's something missing. Something's missing. You're missing something. Then in verse 7, he even gets more pointed, but he says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, in other words, if we engage God in relationship, we have fellowship with who? With God? If we walk in the light as he is in light? That's not what the verse says, does it? It says we have fellowship with one another. And, but typically, we would think that that's what he would say. If we walk in, fellow, in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with God. But he says, no, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, our relationships, we have fellowship with people around us. See how interconnected they are? You can't have a relationship with God and hate people. Get to chapter 4 of that book, and he tells you that. You have a disconnect with people around you, you're going to have a disconnect with God because you're not walking in the light. That, that's, a, that's, a tough, that's a tough thing to, to, to grapple with because we're going, yeah, but God is perfect. God loves me. So why do I have, like, why do I have to get along with Clark? Why do I have to get along with him? Right? I like Clark. I get along with Clark just fine. But, but that would be the whole idea is, you know, why do I have to get, you know, why would I have to get along with Clark? I love God. That's enough. That's enough. But God says, no, if you don't get along with Clark, there's a disconnect between you and me. Are you listening? <laughs>
Thanks, Clark. Thanks for that. <laughs> how, many time, how many times have you heard this statement? You don't need to be, um, you don't need to go to church to be a Christian. How many of you have ever heard that statement before? Is it true? It is. Sure it is. But if people use that as an excuse not to go to church, that's, that's the wrong, that's the wrong, that doesn't what the, that statement means. You see, I could also make a statement like this. Um, I don't need to eat to be a human being. Is that statement true? It's true, isn't it? How many of you live that way? <laughs> One. Oh, John, I think you got some weight there. <laughs> but n- none of us live that way, right? And here's another statement. I don't need to have a car to live in Linden. Is that true? Um, exactly. Because come January, or come even today, if you got sick and had to go to Three Hills to the, the doctors, guess what? It's a long walk. It's a long walk. You, I mean, you may not have a car, but you may do, it would be really nice to have a friend that had a car. Right? So when people say, you know, I don't need the church to go to heaven or to be a Christian, that's true. That's absolutely true. However, we do need fellow Christians. We do need the church. We do need relationships with people in order to engage and to connect with God and and to grow. God calls us into relationship. He calls us to walk with Him, and our relationship with Him helps us grow in our in our in our relationship with Him as we engage with people around us. I've heard I've heard people say, you know, this life would be so amazing if I just didn't have to connect with people, right? Our relationship with God would be just unbelievable if I didn't have to connect with people. Now, if you're an extrovert you would disagree with that. If you're an introvert, you would probably agree with that. Because sometimes it's that there's the differences in personality types. And we, you know, we just don't need a lot of people around us. But we still need people around us. John told us that. I mean, Jesus tells us that in other passages as well. That we, you know, we need to have at least one or two or maybe even three people who know us so well and that we're transparent with that you know, that we're just known by somebody because somehow in, in having another person look at us and see us and engage us and really see who we are, it gives us an affirmation that God really sees us and knows us and loves us who we are. God calls us to be in community. It's not just in John. I mean, Jesus talked about that all throughout the Gospels. The, um, Luke in Hebrews 10 Paul in Galatians 6, Peter in 1 Peter 4, all of them understood what it meant to be in relationship one with another, to go deeper in community, to know that people see us and to see others completely. God is all about relationships, even relationships with us via cell phones. God loves us and he cares for us just as we like to be in communication with others around us. And that's the cool part about it, is God loves us. I have people in my life who know me well, 
who know the deep, dark things that Bruce hides from the rest of the world. We talked, about, I talked a bit about that last week, about, about vulnerability, about people that know us and care for us and see us at those deep places in our lives. People who understand our weaknesses and our failings and still care about who we are. You see, we all have blind spots. And we're going, yeah, yeah, I see, I see all these different people's blind spots. Guess what? Everybody sees mine, but I don't see it. Right? I don't see my blind spots. My wife does. Few others do. Some of you probably see all kinds of bl- my blind spots that I have. Things I forget to do or didn't do or whatever. But that's the whole aspect of a body. We need each other in order to hold us account, hold us, encourage us and strengthen us and to, to be there in our blind and help us through our blind spots, overcome our blind spots. Because we're all unique, it will look differently for everybody. The relationships we have with people will look differently. We, we talk about small groups in our church. We've talked about that lots, but we've been rethinking the whole concept of small groups and understanding that small groups usually has, there's lots of connotations around small groups. And so we want to encourage you, not around small groups, but we want to encourage you in this a different kind of a term, and for lack of a better term, Mitch came up with this idea called gatherings. We need to be in gatherings of people that connect with who we are personally. You see, a gathering, small group, is how many people? Small number. number. Okay, but what's a number? What usually usually has come to your mind when you talk about a small group? Give me a size. Six to twelve people, exactly. Okay, but you see, you may not like six people. I mean, you may not be able to like to get together with six people. <laughs> Hopefully you like more than six people. But, you know, you may not want to connect with six people because that's just too many for you. You may want to connect with two or three. And so, but that's not really always looked at as a small group. And so, and, but some of you, 12, that's not enough. Right? We 20. Now we're getting closer to the number that I like to be around, right? So some of you like larger groups. So gatherings cover all of those. Everything from two or three, or even, yeah, two or three people together, to six to 12, to 20, maybe to 30, 50, maybe even 100, though it's pretty hard to connect with much more than about 75 people, you know, really close relationally. But you need to have those kinds of people that you can be transparent with. And 100 people or 150 people or 200 people like we have on a Sunday, that, that's hard to connect with on, a, on any given, on a regular basis where you can be known and where you can know people around us. Now those of you that are closer to my age will remember back in the 80s and 90s of a sitcom they had on television called Cheers. How many of you remember that, that show? How many of you have seen it? Okay. The theme song for that. Have you, have you actually read the words to that? It's an amazing, it's got an amazing song. It actually tells the story of what the, the, the sitcom was all about. The sitcom was basically about a bar called Cheers, and every week people would come in and they'd sit down and they'd tell, you know, they, they, I think Norm, something about, hey Norm, or something like that. It was always, I, I watched it a long time ago, I don't remember all of it. But it was this whole thing about people who came into this place were accepted for who they were. The theme song, let me, let me quote you this, the, the words from the theme song for Cheers. 
It's called Where Everybody Knows Your Name. Um, Verse 1 goes, Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Verse 2 says, All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail, and your little angel hung the cat up by its tail, and your third fiancé didn't show. Pretty rough life, I think, eh? Especially for the cat. Anyways, then the chorus goes, Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Verse 3 goes like this. Roll out of bed. Mr. Coffee's dead. That'd be a real bad day. The morning looking bright, and and your shrink ran off to Europe and didn't even write. And your husband wants to be a girl. Be glad there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name. Isn't that an amazing song? And that's a song about a bar. A place that, well, if you actually were were to really be honest, in traditional Christianity, it's not a place for Christians to go, right? That's, That's the way it used to be. And still probably is in some churches. Why? And yet a place like this, there was a a place on television where people went. Why? Because everybody knows their name and it doesn't matter what happened in your life. You're accepted and loved. Our church needs to be more like a bar. And actually, (laughs) and actually, you know what? Our church is. Our church is. hope that's going to come out right. <laughs> it's recorded, I know. A couple of weeks ago, when we handed out those little slips of paper and asked you to, to, to write back to us about what you thought about Linden Alliance or what you sensed God was speaking to you about, you know, this was one of the characteristics that people sent us. It was kind of a thread. We had 29 people respond. And one of the things that, it wasn't on every one of them, but it was a big enough thread that the elders and and us noticed it, that this whole thing of accepting people for who they are was a characteristic of Linden Alliance. That's awesome. That is so awesome. That we're like that bar. We're like cheers in that way that we love on people and we accept people in their brokenness, in their pain. And guess what? We have someone there who can walk along with people and be the hope to them. That really encouraged me. I know it encouraged the elders in that as well. Just how God shows up in people's lives. And, and God wants us to show up in our lives. In, I, re- I referred to Galatians 6 earlier in my message. I want to read that passage because there's some, some, th- some thoughts on there that I think would really challenge us. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, he says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also may be tempted. So, 
I mean, that's what he's talking about there. When people are caught in stuff, we got to restore them gently. But we have to be careful that in the restoring that we don't think that we're better than they are and that we could never fall. I've had people tell me who have gone through divorce, they're saying, if you told me a year ago I'd be going through divorce, I would have said, you're absolutely crazy. I've had other people tell me, if you would have told me a year ago or two years ago that I'd be in this situation sitting in your office talking to you about this mess in my life, I'd have said, you're stupid. It'll never happen to me. And as we walk alongside of people, that's what God calls us to do, is walk alongside of them. But we have to watch ourselves because we also may be tempted to go down a similar path. Maybe even a different path that we never ever thought of. Verse 2 says, carry each other's burden and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And then again, he reiterates in verse 3 about what he said in verse 1. If anyone thinks you're something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, and then they can take pride in themselves alone without, let me flip the page here, without comparing themselves to someone else. Then he makes this statement at the end, for each one should carry his own burden, his own load. Paul says a lot in these verses here. I mean, I want to start with the verse, the last verse first, verse 5, where he says, everyone should carry your own load. You see, we all need to deal with our own stuff, our own life, our own junk, our own suitcase that is packed full of whatever. If we don't start there, we're missing something. And now, now Paul's not saying here, what, what he is saying is this, you have to be responsible for your own suitcase. Don't expect someone to come and help you with your suitcase. That's, that's what he's telling you, us. But he's also saying to everybody else, you better help him with his suitcase, with his mess. You understand the differences there? It's, it's like, let me, let me illustrate it this way. Jesus tells a husband, husband, love your wife. Wives, respect your husbands. Now, a husband can come up and say to his wife, hey, come on, respect me, right? But that's not, that's not the command that he gets to, to own, is it? No, he's got to own the other one. He can't go to his wife and say, respect me. No more than the wife can say to the husband, you have to love me. I won't respect you until you love me. Or I won't respect you or love you until you respect me. And there can't be this reciprocating thing. And I've had people tell me that all the time. Well, I, I, my wife, I just, I, I, I'm waiting for her to respect me and when she respects me, then I'll love her. But that's the whole problem. It's, you, you can't expect something from the other person. You have to own your own issue. And Paul says here, we got to own our own sin we got to own our own story. we got to own our own mess that we're living in. we got to carry our own burden. Jesus will come along and carry it with us, but we got to own it. And then he, I mean, but everybody else is saying, you better help that person. But he's saying to us, you own it, but don't expect any help from anyone else. I'm not sure he would actually say, don't expect any help. But he says, you got to own it yourself. And in those verses, he talks about, too, that 
the, this whole thing of gentleness, and we already talked about that, how we got to love on each other and care for each other and gently restore one another. And I mean, in this case, the person didn't confess the sin. He says if someone is caught in a sin. The person didn't even come forward. They got, their hand, they, they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Then they owned it. Maybe. Maybe they didn't. Just as if they got caught in a sin. How much more does God want to restore those that are willingly come forward and saying, hey, this is my life. I've, I've messed up. God wants to restore. He wants to bring blessing. He wants to encourage us. But he, he also expects us that we've got to own it. We can't just pretend to hide it under, hide it and it doesn't, that it doesn't exist. God doesn't want us to judge. He doesn't want us to, to come down hard on people. He wants us to restore. He wants us to guard help people, and he wants us to guard our own hearts that we might fall down and go down the same path. God understands these things far better than any of us comprehend. Far better than anything we understand and know. And, 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 and if we really want to grow in our relationship with God... One of the greatest things we can do is, is grow in our relationships with other people around us because that is gonna, that's going to tear away the facades, that's going to tear away the masks that keep us from understanding how much God really loves us and, how much we, and, and the changes that God wants to bring into our lives. And that's hard. That's hard. Because there's people suck sometimes. People just aren't nice to us. People hurt us. And it's easy to put up a wall. It's easy to put stuff and barriers up. But God says, no, you've got to be able to find, find people where you can pull those barriers down. And they can be really, really honest with you about what's going on in your life. Not just the things we want to hear. Because we, we can find the people that will pat us on the back. They're, they're out there. Look it on Facebook. They'll, you say the right things. They'll tell you whatever you want to hear. Well, we've got to have the people that will really speak the truth to us, the hard truth, that will really challenge us to grow and challenge us to go deeper. I started off by saying, you know, we have there's that statement, we don't need anyone till we need someone. Applies also applies to God. I don't I don't need God. I'll wait till I get to be 75 or 80 years old. Maybe I'll think about God. We don't need anyone till we need someone. We don't need God till we need God. That, that statement applies in so many different ways. We really do need people. Do you have 2 a.m. people, friends? You know what I mean by 2 a.m.? How many of you understand what I mean by 2 a.m. friends? Most of you? Let me just go over it again, just in case you missed. 2 a.m. friends are people that you can call when your life is a mess and you need someone to talk to. And they're not going to go, uh, click. Right? We need 2 a.m. friends who will really sit with us and hear us out. Do you have those 2 a.m.s? Some of you, I'm sure, do. I know a number of you probably do. And if you do, that's awesome. Then let me encourage you to do this. Go deeper with them. Go farther with them. Challenge them. Invite them to challenge you. 
Don't just going, oh, I got these friends, it's awesome. I, 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 haven't, I haven't called on them yet, and hopefully I won't, but, you know, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I got two AM friends. And just kind of cruise. No, God's saying, you got to go deeper. Because he's got more for you. He's got more. Because there's always going to be a sliver, another layer that God needs to pull out of your thumb. Because God wants to go deeper with you. Do you so and some of you don't. Some of you don't. I'm going to encourage you to do something. Okay, I want everybody to take your cell phone out. Everyone take your cell phone. This is the, good, this is the only time you're ever going to get, ask me or hear me tell, take out your cell phone. So please, everybody, take out your cell phone. And um, on the screen, Jorge's going to have a slide up here, I think. There we go. If you want to grow deeper, and, yeah, there's the flashing little lights and stuff. If you want to grow deeper and you're not sure about whether or not you have 2 a.m. friends, what I want you to do is open up your phone, unlock it. Hopefully it's locked. Unlock it now and go to your texting app, messages, and uh, then click on new message and then type my name or Jorge's name in there. And I want you to, if you're not sure that you have 2 a.m. friends and you're not even sure what that's going to look like, like you're not even sure if this is a group of two people or a group of 25 people or a group of 12 people or a group of 50 people, you're just going, you know, I just need someone to, I need to figure that out. Type in our cell number, or if you have it on speed dial, you just click on it, and type one word, grow, okay? Then Jorge or I will get back to you, and we'll figure something out. We'll sit down with you, we'll meet with you, we'll pray with you, um, and if, you, if, a, if, a, if a number comes up, please put your name so at least we know who you are. Um, if not, that's okay. We'll text you back, and we'll get it up. But do that. Just say, I, I want to I go deeper. I want to grow. I want to go deeper with people, not just with God, but with people. And we will we will seek to connect with you and meet with you. I already got one person texted me, so that's awesome. So, but we need to go deeper. We need to go deeper with people, and we need to go because as we go deeper with people, we'll go deeper with God. And if you already got friends, awesome. Awesome. Go deeper with them. Challenge them. Invite them to challenge you back. Say, ask me the tough questions. Be honest with me. Find And maybe you're not thinking, oh, yeah, I don't really know anybody, but there's two or three people that I really want to connect with. I think they would really know me well. Do it. Text them. Send them a text right now. Go grow. And, and do that. So if it's not, you don't put us, put someone else's name on there in the text and send it to them right now. Don't don't wait. Don't wait. Because Hori and I talked about this week, and he says, you know, sometimes it's easy to go, yeah, just give us a text whenever. And then Sunday afternoon comes, and, the, the you know, it's a nice cold day outside, and we're going, yeah, let's just put our feet up, and, and then we go to sleep, and then we forgot about it. And then, you know, God will prod us again, maybe Monday morning, maybe Tuesday morning, and then, it, then we kind of forget about it, and, and it's back to the same old. If God's putting it on your heart, don't put it off. Text somebody. Jorge I, text a friend. Meet with them. Say, I want to grow deeper. I want to go deeper. This is an amazing church. It's a great church. Um, I mean, Vange and I have grown leaps and bounds here in ways 
Probably some of our greatest growth years have happened in the last four or five years of our life since we've been here. And, I mean, you would have thought that as a pastor in 30 years of ministry, I would have easily had grown everything. But God's got more. God's got way more. And he's got more for you. And this is a good place to be a part of. And you know what? There may be people in this church that have kind of ticked you off or offended you or broken you or hurt you in some way, shape, or form. Don't let that be an excuse. Don't let it be an excuse. It's too easy to do that. I bumped into way too many people over the years who have made that an excuse. I got hurt. I'm not going back to church. I got hurt doing this. I got hurt that. Not going back. Step out in faith and ask God to show you. Talk to Jorge. Talk to me. We'll, we'll connect with you. We'll help you. We want to see you grow, not just with God, but with people. And in so, in so growing with people, you'll grow with God as well. We're going to continue on this series in a, in a couple other areas of, that we sense God is really calling us to stretch us in. And um, so stay tuned. God's got a lot of growing in our lives. And that's the exciting part about it all. I invite you to stand with me. Um, Kevin, are you got a closing song? Okay, Kevin's going to lead us in a closing song. But I want to pray a blessing on you as he comes and the rest of their team come and, and leads in worship. Um, leads us in a closing. Let's, let's pray together. God, you are absolutely amazing. And there's times where life seems tough and rough. And you have been there for us because of your reckless love for us. You've never given up on us. You've walked with us through thick and thin, through good times and bad times. God, you've been there for us, and we are so glad you have been. But part of that being there for us, God, also includes part of the body. That means other individuals, other people. Because those people are the faces and the hands and the feet and the voices to us your voice to us, your hands to us, your heart to us. So God, lead us and guide us as a church that we may know you in a greater way, that we may know more of your power and more of your grace, more of your love and more of your forgiveness, and all that you want to do, the changes you want to bring in our life. God, bring that now as we trust you. We are obedient to you now, Jesus. Thank you. Amen.